another edition of the Mindset Game Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. Before we get started with this week's show, first off, let me take this opportunity to welcome back the regular listeners, and if this is your first time listening to the show, I hope you enjoy this episode and decide to subscribe to the show. And on today's show, I've got Rue Anderson. Rue is the founder and owner of Exceed Nutrition, which has become the go-to online nutrition coaching website in just a few short years. He's also the author of High Performance Living. So welcome onto the show, Rue. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Before we delve into today's episode, talk to us about your journey to creating Exceed Nutrition and what you now call High Performance Living. Oh, that's a big question. Do you want the short, short version or the long version? <laughs> um, bit of both. Maybe. A bit of both. <laughs> Not too long, Rue, to bore us, but uh, <laughs> yeah, a couple of minutes. Well, where it all began, Exceed Nutrition. Well, I, I, it actually, I mean, re- rewind quite a few years now, really. Um, it started with my own goal. My own goal, really, like, like many of our, us in, in the sort of health and fitness industry, but uh, yeah, my goal was to, for, to look freaking awesome, right? That was the goal. I think it started when I, exactly the moment when I watched Arnold Schwarzenegger and Pumping Iron. <laughs> so that was when I thought, right, I want to, you know, I want to look better. I want to feel a bit better. These guys look fantastic. And I was, you know, a friend handed me magazine with, you know, the guys on the front, the cover models, as so to speak. And, and that was it. I wanted to add some more muscle to my body. I wanted to lean up a little bit and... I wanted to gain some more strength, right? Typical, typical bloke. But in that quest, I'd kind of forgotten about a couple of major components. That was like how I felt and how I was performing, right? And yeah, I got caught up in all of this sort of traditional weightlifting, bodybuilding type stuff. And you know, I was training really hard. I was following all this bodybuilding programs. They were like, you got to eat all of this food and you've got to do this. And yeah, I ended up in a bit of a mess at the end of it, after following some of that traditional magazines advice and the stuff you get in forums, right? The old school sort of forum stuff. And after like years of doing some of this intense training, all of this eating, I felt pretty crap. And actually I looked pretty crap as well. And in the end, I, yeah, I gained some strength. I gained a bit of muscle, but I, I didn't look like the cover guys, like they promised me. And actually in that same process, I really started to see some other additional problems. And that was with my health, actually. So I became very, very fatigued. I was probably overtrained. So I was very, very drained and fatigued day to day, which wasn't great. And from, from some of the stuff that I'd been eating for years and years, I'd actually developed some IBS-like symptoms. So my digestive system, well, it was a bit, it was a bit screwed. It was whacked. So I had some issues there. And at the same time, I also noticed that my skin got really bad as well. I was actually getting acne. And then it was at that point, I was like, you know what? This hasn't really worked out for me. And that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to study myself around nutrition and nutraining and try all of these different things, these different strategies. And although I've been doing that over the years, I decided to try very alternative methods. And after experimenting with a lot of stuff and losing some weight, losing that weight that I'd gained, uh, getting the body that I'd actually wanted to, and you know, removing some of those negatives like the IBS and the acne, I was left with some very simple principles that 
that can that can improve the way you look and the way you feel and the way you perform every single day. And it it was different to what you get in the magazines and different what you get in the in the forums, like I'd saying. And that's when I thought, you know what, I've I've learned so much here. I've got a, I've I've really developed a passion for it as well, particularly around nutrition. I realized that nutrition was that cornerstone to me looking better and to feeling better. And then I thought, well, if it's worked for me, it could work for other people, right? Mm-hmm. So I decided then, well, I'm going to set up Exceed Nutrition. And that's when I'm going to start trying to uh, deliver this information to other people. I was going to put it on the World Wide Web. I started to do my blog. I started the High Performance Living Podcast. And I just started putting information out there that I had learned and that I believe was beneficial for people as well. And yeah, that's really when it, it started to gain some momentum. I started to coach people as well. They were asking for coaching. Can you, can you look after me and, and <laughs> keep me accountable to this information, Rue? And that's kind of where it's just spiraled over the years. And yeah, of course, I, I ended up writing the book, which is kind of a real summary of, of everything that I've learned over the years. And that's where we are today. So Rue, you mentioned your podcast. And if we use that analogy of the chicken before the egg, which actually came first, the podcast or the book? Oh, the podcast. Definitely. Yeah, the podcast was, it's a fantastic platform, um, as you know, and as your listeners know, it's just a fantastic platform for getting information, (laughs) telling information as someone who creates information like you and I, and also for the listeners. You know, I'm sure you're similar as well. You listen to a lot of podcasts. It's, It's just a great medium to be on and to to get that that content from people. So yeah, I built up a really really nice uh, podcast over the years. Had some fantastic guests and shows on there, and yeah, decided then to condense some of that information into a book and get it out and, there. And I was kind of being nosy the other day to kind of find more about the, the like the the actual podcast. How come you've stopped it at the moment, or are you ah. you're going to go back to in the future? Uh, the podcast is, I felt I'd got to the stage. I think we, I had been podcasting every week for years. I mean, maybe two or three years, I think I ran the High Performance Living podcast for. And it got to the stage where I think I had said everything I needed to say. <laughs> it was kind of stage, well, yeah, I said that before. And I oh yeah, I said this is before as well. So I felt I was repeating myself a little bit. And I'd got a lot of that information out there that I felt that I needed to do. So I've, that's kind of where I was with it. But my shift as well over the last, well, it's not a good couple of years, is actually helping personal trainers with that information and with their coaching skills and getting clients as well and just improving their businesses really. So that's my, I've had a slight change in focus. I think we should be um, you know, following our passion as well. So that's what I'm doing. And you talk about obviously your journey to get into excess exceed nutrition sorry can can and you were referring to obviously magazines can you kind of see a similar trend now in the modern era when instead of it being magazines it's more so instagram facebook to a certain extent uh twitter being that probably go-to model people are going to look to try and follow yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, I, I suppose when I was reading the magazines and watching Arnie and stuff, I don't know what that was now, maybe 15 years ago or something. But you're right. Yeah, I, it hasn't really changed that misinformation, right? It's the, the medium that it's delivered on. 
seems to have changed, like you're saying. Yeah. So things like, you're right, Instagram might be the worst, right? <laughs> Those little picture updates are just, I don't know, they're not telling the full story for a lot of people. And therefore people are getting misled and misguided quite quickly. So yeah, definitely. It's, it's still a, it's a very the sort of nutrition realm, nutrition side of things is still a really tricky topic. And that's why I see still great trainers like yourself, coaches putting out that information to help resolve that, help balance that out. Because I still think it's, it's still slightly dominated by the misinformation and the gimmicks and the fads. So anytime someone says, Rue, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to put the card straight here. Uh, I like to come on board and help out. I, th- I think it comes back to um, the case in point, Rue, that a lot of people, I'm not going to try and generalize there, like that quick fix. They don't want to be in it for the long run sometimes. Yeah, it's very difficult. It is difficult. And I, I think my own experience was with it that, yeah, I wanted maybe some of those quick fixes my, myself initially. Yeah, yeah. You want to pack on 20 pounds of muscle in 20 days? <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Do you want to double your bench press in 12 weeks? Yeah, go for it. I'm up for that, right? And it's easy as humans to be just just be attracted to that. Of course it is. So I get that. But I, I think the people who can relate to to this the most in terms of doing it an alternative way or doing it the right way, as maybe we would say, right, is you've maybe done some of the fads, some of the gimmicks before. You've you've been caught up in that misinformation and now you want to set it right. So I think as long as people, okay, that's the way we're maybe tuned in as humans to want that quick fix approach. But once you've maybe tried that once or twice, then getting back onto the right path, finding alternative ways or the, the better way, the best way to do it, it's okay. Would, would you say it's a case, a little bit of teaching people, obviously, you know, like you were saying, gain 20 pounds in 20 days to see those as kind of some red flags as to well there's going to be a pro and con to doing that yeah yeah i suppose if it's if the uh if it's doable 20 pounds in 20 days it could be for some people maybe um and if it's doable yeah i think the education should be there to say well yeah you you might be able to do this but here is some of those cons to doing so. Like you might have to live in the gym every single day or you might have to use X, Y, and Z to get there. I think that should be open there with that. But like you're saying, with things on Instagram and the information that's maybe floating around like that, that's, that's lacking, isn't it? It's not always there. And it's hard to get into a, a, how to show that in a Facebook post or a small update. So that's where things like the podcasting, I wanted to do the podcast for that reason as well, because I could just get on the microphone and chat for an hour and literally give the pros, the cons to things that were going on and the information that's out there. Well, I was, re- well, I was on a webinar ooh, last week now, and I think he was kind of throwing some stats out there in terms of podcasting. And it was, this was only looking at the US as well. I think it's, 30% of the population listen to podcasts now. So if you looked onto the grander scheme, it probably percentage-wise probably a bit lower because you're looking at the globe. But that's obviously you can see that people can uh, uh, kind of use it on the go. They don't have to sit there. And, well, you, you probably could read through a blog uh, 
when when you're when you're traveling but it's you, you don't have to scroll through it and you're not skimming through it whereas you can as long as long as you're taking in all the content there's there's no reason why you can't yeah love podcasts like i say i think if i can listen to a podcast and i get one good actionable item that's what i like to think is is that i can um take one good thing away that i can take action on because information's out there like you said there's there there must be thousands and thousands of podcasts now millions of blogs uh thousands if not you know hundreds of thousands of books on nutrition and health and fitness but i think something that's really benefited me over the years is just trying to keep it actionable trying to get that one takeaway thing from reading that book or listening to that podcast that you can use to benefit you and make it worth your time consuming information particularly around health and fitness and nutrition is it, it can lead to overwhelm really quickly so i think you definitely have to pick your sources correctly and you also want to make sure that you're taking action on the information that you're learning well it's it's probably going a little bit step further than that and obviously you say reputable sources it's probably uh, even critiquing those at, at, at some some point and taking those at face value sometimes as well Mm, yeah yeah for sure for sure i mean i look at some of the podcasts i put out on health and nutrition years ago now in high performance living i'm like can i delete that can i delete that because that's not right anymore or maybe i didn't quite get it right then and so yeah i think people do do even from trustworthy uh sources of information you still should question it and and, and double check yeah. Oh, but you're saying about deleting it. You could probably refer back to it, say, from a blog point of view nowadays, or as you're saying now, bringing it up, and you can obviously critique that because, okay, it may have been like you were saying, right at the time, or not quite on the ball, but you know that now in the present. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, yeah. We, and maybe we should, as you know, as 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 coaches and trainers putting our information in there, maybe we should be held accountable to doing that so often. <laughs> well, it's, it's only too right. It's, it's kind of saying, well, if a client or if you're like prejudiced saying, oh, you should do this, but I do it a different way. But if you say, oh, I wrote this over X amount years ago. However, this is where the science is now. At the time, this wasn't actually correct. But you're looking at it, I've learned from where we are now today, you can kind of say, put it into context. Well, it can't be, or I won't say it's all the information there is wrong, but like you're saying, it's an actionable step. There's probably still something of value in that episode. Mm, yeah, you're right, for sure, for sure. And uh, I mean, that's really the, the foundation of getting your nutrition right is listening to evidence based resources and coaches and trainers who are up to speed with the latest research and what's actually being scientifically proven <laughs> because that's where we're following wrong for a long a lot of the time oh but but, but uh, because if i go back to kind of my story a little bit real quick which is same with because i did sports science at uni even then with research it would depend on who's fine, who's back the study, how many numbers of people have actually done the study. So it's, it's the data can be very much manipulated, which uh, probably the general, some of the general public probably don't know that. As do you can with any, with any data, it's like well, 
there's this percentage of people, probably the good ones are probably like marketing on television. There's this amount of people back the thing. If you put that in scientific data, that's awful. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, just because an advert pops up saying, this study showed that you can do this. Yeah, you maybe need some uh, additional resources or references. But I, I, I suppose I said there that the, some of the best trainers or the best sources of information are coming from those who are evidence-based. But actually, experience can go a long way as well. I think if you can combine both of that and you're getting a good trainer, a good coach who has, yeah, they're staying up to date with the research, but they've also got experience in the trenches and they are working with people genuinely and getting good results and they can showcase that, then that's where you're going to be, yeah. And Ru, if we come back to the beginning with your high-performance living, would you say it would be similar to that of a athlete kind of lifestyle or is it completely different from that i suppose i don't i wouldn't want to put people off and say this is for an athlete it's definitely not for an athlete it's it's very very simple really if you read the book it's 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 pretty simple or or just the whole general ethos of high performance living but really extends beyond just using you know your nutrition or your diet to lose a few pounds or to gain a bit of muscle, or, or, or what have you, just kind of short-term approach. It's, it's really to change your life and to really increase your performance in all areas. So I, I kind of developed like a set criteria. And one of them is, well, the three of them is to, to look better, to feel better, and to perform better. So I suppose when I start saying words like performance, people do think it's maybe more geared towards athletes. But yeah, when I'm talking about looking better, it's you want you want a nutrition plan or a nutrition system or strategy, right? That can help you improve your body composition to get to your optimal body fat levels. Um, it's not a quick fix, something that you can maintain, right? And then, like I said, when I when I was changing my diet and improving my nutrition, I didn't feel as well as I should have done. So, high performance living is about feeling better as well. So, you want to improve your overall health with the actual nutrition strategies and diets that you're actually following or using, right? So it's going to give you more energy. You should be sleeping better. You should have clear skin. You should feel good every day with lots of energy. Uh, and what, a general clean bill of health. And then the last one is uh, perform better, right? So you, you know, no matter what sport or hobby or even just sitting at your desk day to day, right? You want to perform at your best, whether it's at work or whether it's in the gym or maybe you are competing in sports. No matter what, you want to be able to perform at your best, get up, smash it and repeat the next day. So I wouldn't say it's strictly for athletes, but I can see how that definitely could be uh, something people maybe think it is for, right? But I think that the wording with you say performance, I think it comes back to how you did not determine how you define the word because uh, I had uh, Will Boyd on, well, last week and he was saying, Obviously, it's the language that you use, and you could probably define performance in a number of ways because if you look at it from how the body just operates, you want your body to be at optimum function anyway. It doesn't matter if you're Joe Bloggs or uh, Olympic gold medalist. It's, you want to have it fine-tuned as possible. Exactly. Maximum performance, as I say. Even if you, you're an elite athlete, yeah, sure, of course, maximum performance, but why not as... As Joe Bloggs, as you say, why not perform at your best every day? You're going to get, you're going to have better relationships. You're going to have better career. 
you're generally just going to have a better mentality and everything. So, yeah. But it comes back to, like you were saying, it's the, all the underlying issues. It's sleep. Uh, obviously, when you're saying you're over, overtraining, did you actually analyze it to see if it was specifically that or it was just a culmination of everything that was kind of mounted on itself that kind of took out, out of a spiral? Yeah, I think it was just a little bit got out of control, <laughs> particularly when I was doing some of the bodybuilding stuff. Uh, yeah, dug in myself a bit of a hole there with uh, just doing it the wrong way. Was it up, well, were you training up to like six, seven days a week then? Yeah, I was doing a lot of training then. Yeah, even doing sometimes twice a day training, high frequency training back in the day. So uh, yeah, I mean, I was just doing all of these different things, testing things out, which was great for me um, eventually as a coach and trainer. I'm glad I did some of those things. And I can say, yeah, I've, I've tried that as well. It's pretty rubbish, right? Yeah, you feel pretty shit right now. Yeah, okay, let's try it now this other way. But I think some people say, because I had a client who this was early doors now, he said to me, oh, can I train five five sessions a week off the bat? I was like, "Uh, yeah, you can, but I wouldn't advise it. Yeah, could not might not be pretty after a week or two. <laughs> oh no, I, I kind of said, well, let's try and get two to three to start with and see how you feel. It's like, yeah, you're, you're right, you're you're right, James. I feel pretty sore after two to three. Yeah, it's yeah. it's something that my, I've really tried to you know get the point across with my clients over the years, and more so in my blog and writing lately as well is about just making that one small change at a time make one small change at a time when i was first started doing coaching i used to help other people who were a little bit more advanced more advanced clients they were maybe yeah they were already into the gym they enjoyed it they enjoyed eating well and it was just about taking it to the next level for them but i eventually got to the stage where you know i want to help as many people as possible i want to put some of this information uh, across to like the general public a little bit more. And that's when I realized actually the best piece of advice I can give those, uh, the general population around their nutrition is to just make one small change and stick with that for a period of time till you're comfortable with it. And then you could maybe make another change. So it's not about going five days a week to the gym from zero to five. It's go once. How about tomorrow you go to the gym and we'll just take it from there. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I think I think it comes from you could say peer pressure to a certain extent. With if you use the uh, New Year's resolution model, it's it's kind of oh, you need to make this change. Yeah, but it should come back to like you were saying, it's that one change. Yeah, that might be too too much too soon, or um, you haven't actually identified as to why you want to go to the gym. Whereas that's the probably the bigger one is why do you actually want to do do that kind of change? Is it for you? Is it for somebody else? But then if it's not for you, it, it, well, if you use the kind of sport analogy, why would you do it? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Always start with uh, why. Have you read that book? I can't remember who it's by, but it's a good book. Start with why I think it is. And it, it, it's exactly what I do in, in say like a consultation with someone with a client. I, it's one of the first questions. Like, why do you want to lose weight? What is the mean? I always say that someone has an emotional attachment to improving their body 
or getting fitter. There's always an underlying emotional attachment. And I find that over the years, if I can find that out within my clients, uh, it's, it's, it's not to uh, manipulate them or anything, but it's to understand them and what's actually driving them forward. And I can use that as a coach to provide better accountability and support as well once I know that. So yeah, start with why. But I think, do you think it's to a certain extent, uh, be it magazines, social media, the media at large, kind of brainwashing people to kind of look at the aesthetical goals of improving their body as opposed to, well, nutrition to a little extent, whereas you should maybe look at the mindset first and then tag on the other two? Yeah, I do. I regret that. I I think... I like the mindset component. It's definitely something I, I focus on uh, with, with my clients. But I also find that I like to look at existing habits in terms of, and that can be a mindset, you know, a bad mindset, mindset around nutrition or their body can be a habit that needs to be addressed, right? So I, I enjoy looking at those psychological factors as well. And I think that stems from, yes, the mindset from there as well, but even, even just day-to-day bad habits that someone could have is that that's where you want to focus on initially making some of those changes. And like you say, some of the problems we see with the, uh, the social media and the quick fix six-week body transformation programs or whatever we see these days is that it's just a, it's just a big, big overhaul overnight. It's like, okay, you're going to go from not eating good food, not getting hydrated, not doing any exercise to like, yeah, five day a week gym routines to eating like 200 grams of protein and eating six meals a day. It's it's just mind boggling, overwhelming and difficult for the general public to do that. So yeah, mindset is definitely one of those psychological factors that I like to focus on and and work on to begin with. You're talking, wow, that's probably a massive extreme, but that's a massive overhaul from going from, that's probably going from one extreme to the other and what that's going to do to you. But that's what people are doing, right? That's what they're doing. Yeah. Is the Instagram posts pop up and says, hey, here's the before and after. This person did this in six weeks. You can get the program here. And it doesn't quite always work out for them as well. So, But I think some, you probably could attest to as well, some, some of those ones, they don't sometimes show the struggle that goes in between. So, with- I think that is some definitely... Uh, purposely missed out for for a lot of uh marketing tactics oh yeah but then you should think you should really see that as a red flag it's like well what are they hiding what's a kind of okay these are all the pros you're showing me what's the downside of it yeah that's true you could definitely have a look at that and uh i suppose that's when it'd be nice to yeah, speak with the people who've maybe been through a program more like that. And that's a good way of assessing whether a program might be right for you is you get more of a story, more information as opposed to just a before and after photo to judge whether or not that is the right program for you. Yeah. Oh, that's like, like you're saying, using first-hand experience from somebody that's done it. Well, it's not always easy to get hold of somebody like that, but or them being manipulated by the whatever product is, or you should say this because behind the scenes we may be paying you. So it's like, well, or that one 
in terms of say we use Herbalife and Cristiano Ronaldo. That one. That's what I was thinking that, of as well. That, that would probably be a, a massive. Uh, it should be a red flag to people as well. Okay, this is a supposedly weight loss product, and he should, in theory, be at optimum function and, and performance. Why does he need to lose weight? Or you, he, he shouldn't, in theory, need to lose any more weight because it would be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, unnecessary, and it would actually hinder his performance. Yeah, I know. That's the example I was thinking of as well. <laughs> That's the one that makes me laugh every time. Yeah, Christian Alvarado with uh, Herbalife. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, right? People um, don't quite weigh up how that maybe doesn't make sense initially. You just see, I mean, before and after photos, or at least even just after photos or, or people who are in shape, they are intoxicating uh, in our industry for people who want to achieve something similar. And maybe it doesn't go, the, the sort of the research doesn't go much further than, oh, it worked for them, look at them. Uh, it's something maybe we need to change, work on in the industry, right? But I think you're probably a good testament to that because you, you said, you say from the off with your bio, uh, you tried stuff that in, in theory, from a scientific approach, it's going to work for probably 50% of the population, but you fell the other side and you're the 50% of the population it doesn't work for. Mm. Probably teaching people to look at it in that kind of ideology as opposed to, oh, it worked for him, or it's going to work for me. Yeah, I really try to dispel some of the the sort of myths around the nutrition and changing your body and the different approaches we can use with it. And it probably cost me some clients. Of course it did because I, I obviously the people who were looking for that quick fix, uh, shiny object, the before and they had the big after photo stuff. It wasn't really my style. I, I didn't like want to post my whole Instagram feed of before and after photos of clients and stuff, but, uh, because I know there's more to it than that. It's not just about doing that. So yeah, I like to get that message across and I think we've done quite well. Amru, last question before we wrap up the episode. If you had to summarize this episode into one sentence for people to take, to take away, what would that be? Um, into one sentence. I think, um, you know, if your goal is to get leaner, it is to get stronger, it is to, you know, look better, feel better, and perform better, then you need to assess your nutrition. If it's not working for you the way you want and you haven't achieved your goals, then definitely keep focused on improving your nutrition and you know it will fall into place for you. Look for a good coach, a good trainer, like we've just touched on the different components to that. Reach out to them, get some help, and I think you will be well on your way to looking, feeling, and performing your best. I think that's a great answer there. So once again, Rue, thanks for coming on the Mindset Game podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. And before I forget, I would really appreciate it if you would be so kind as to leave a short review as it helps to get the podcast more notoriety and it will be more visible in future to others and thus helping more people, which my guests and I are all about. Once again, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time for another episode of the Mindset Game Podcast.